What's up, everybody, and welcome to Anime Baby. Here comes a new challenger in the world of anime podcasts. I'm your host, Mikey, joined alongside with... Ryan. And on this episode, which is more of a prologue and not quite a premiere, we're going to introduce ourselves, go over our personal histories with anime so you folks at home can get a an idea of who we are ahead of our first proper episode. Then we'll discuss the podcast itself, how it came to be, and how we're going to run things around here. So without further ado, this is episode 00. What is anime? Baby? So let's start the show. Alright, so we're going to kick things off here with uh, going over our history with uh, the world of anime in general. So uh, I'll let you do the honors, Ryan. Start off uh, telling the folks at home, what is your history with anime? Thank you very much, Mikey. I'd be glad to. Well, I think for many kids back in the uh, 90s or so, I'd say around like 94 or 95, I think it's for many it started with uh, Pokemon. Pokemon was the big new game at the time, and uh, every kid was playing it, so I got, back, I got right into it, and... Um, I think it was through that game that, like, I just found the TV show, you know, and, uh, I think from, I think I, along with many other kids, found that as the, the first contact point with anime, where I saw these characters, I saw them, like, playing with the, uh, monsters that I played with as a kid, and I got, like, really into it, and, uh, it also suckered me into getting really into their stories as well. Uh, a really good con job, I would have to say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, from there, I was pretty much watching the entirety of Pokemon, and then I think uh, a cousin of mine, when I was growing up, introduced me to Sailor Moon. Ah, now, very good. Now, I, very like good. Many other, I, like many other stupid boys at the time, <laughs> thought like, wait a minute, what is this girly crap? What is this? <laughs> like... Let's let's all let's all watch it together and like ridicule it and stuff. Let's let's all watch it together and get really enthralled with the plot and like <laughs> find all these powers super cool. Isn't it so stupid but also really cool? Yeah. <laughs> you know that whole thing where like you say it's stupid, but, like, secretly you're really getting into it. Yeah, I, uh, I'll i go over it in my personal history, but I was kind of the same way when it comes to Sailor Moon. <laughs> but no, I think that's where, like, I was starting... That, that was an escalation, though. I w everything was escalating upwards, where from there, all of a sudden, I was watching other stuff on Toonami. I was, uh, you know, getting into One Piece, and then, like, other channels, like Kids WB and Fox Kids, started showing anime of their own, too, and, like... 
all of a sudden I just like started like just kind of like unknowingly ingratiating myself into like the early world of anime. I even watched the crappy stuff too. I watched like <laughs> some of the four kids dub of Ultimate Muscle and like my my greatest claim to fame was that I really got into fighting foodons. Ah, your boy of shows fighting foodons. <laughs> oh yes, I was a total fried ricer boy. <laughs> <laughs> Sir Dumpling all the way. <laughs> But then I think, like, the years went by, and, like, I think... I, I remember another anime that was a turning point for me was uh, Zatch Bell as well. Oh, okay. That was another... An that was, like, one where, like, I was starting to, like... That was show kept me on board with anime for, like, quite a bit, even, I was even as I was going through middle school. So I was still keeping strong with Zatch Bell, even though it totally died off, and, like, almost nobody, nobody remembers it anymore. Yeah. But... I kept going quite a bit, and and I think it was around my middle school years that I started kind of, like, fading away from anime a little bit, you know? I was kind of, like, moving away a little bit, kind of getting more into, like, just straight-up Cartoon Network cartoons and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But it was when I entered high school that I had a bit of a resurgence, and it was thanks to... I would say this is the one anime that was a big turning point for me, and it was the anime Lucky Star. Ah, okay. The anime Lucky Star, which was all about... Just girls talking about, like, anime and life and going through school. And I had such good memories of watching that back-to-back -back with Q&A session with Kevin Smith. <laughs> and I remember it being the most amazing thing ever. Because, like, you know, perfect combination of Moe girls talking about whatever, having, like, these Seinfeldian conversations combined with Kevin Smith talking about putting together a Superman remake with a giant fucking spider. <laughs> right? Who would have thought, like, hearing, like, fat schlubby directors <laughs> talk alongside, like, anime girls just, like, talking and loving life and having friendship adventures and stuff mm -hmm. would be, would make for such a good combo. A real good chaser, that is. Yes. But no, that was, that was the resurgence for me. That was the big turning point. That's where I realized, oh my god, there are other, it's, it's, it's actually fun to like anime and that there's other people out there who like it just like you. And wait, what's this? The internet has more anime like this? What is this new world I've just discovered? <laughs> and from there, I, man, I never looked back. I, you, you, we, the both of us, like, just went through high school and we bonded over Lucky Star. That was oh, one absolutely. of our, like, touch points. Mm -hmm. Where, like, you know, all of a sudden we were watching, like, Soul Eater and, like, we were watching all these other things. And I was, like, trying to track down One Piece and try to, like, rewatch that again, too. Then, out of high school, you know, like, I got all those angsty years out of the way. Right. Then came college. Then came the anime club that I went to, mm -hmm. where I started meeting other people who were, like, really into anime, and all of a sudden I was watching, like, new stuff on a regular basis each week, and I was, like, getting back into watching anime. I've just never looked back, you know? Mm -hmm. I've just escalated further and further to the point now where I'm a healthy anime watcher, and I've just... I try to get the most variety in my life now, as far as I can tell, because there's a wide palette of flavors out there for me to try and it's seemingly never ending right on and that's my story with anime all right very good and uh i guess it's now it's my turn with anime now uh as for me uh history is like listening to your story it's very very similar in places but there's also some differences here and there like uh, you state that your first experience with anime was pokemon and that was like a very earlier experience for me as well but uh, i can think of something much earlier than that and that is the great anime known as speed racer oh yes speed racer that's going way back that is like i have just 
vivid memories of like going over to my grandma's house every weekend and just waking up in the early mornings. Everyone in the house is just still asleep. I'm the only one up. So I would just flip on the TV, but uh, make sure the volume's not too loud. So I didn't want to wake anyone. And then just seeing Speed Racer, seeing like this just really weird looking series where everything's just like it doesn't look like a normal cartoon that i'm used to the stuff on cartoon network or nickelodeon it's like very like stilted very like everyone moves and acts like a cardboard cutout but it's just so cool and just so fascinating i'm just like this is just so great i love this whole thing with like race cars and like mach 5 having like these cool little powers at the press of a button all that with like the volume at two and your face like five inches away from the screen yeah just like imagine me like a little mike jr at like four or five years old watching speed racer just like ha 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 i'm gonna ruin this race See, don't do don't you dare win this race ha ha <laughs> i guess it speaks for the show that you can listen to it basically like silent and like still enjoy it oh yeah and then like it just moved on from there i would like buy the toys and stuff i would get like figures of like speed racer and then get like the little cars of like you know the mach 5 and then racer x's car and then after that it would go into pokemon because this is when anime started to hit that big anime boom period where everything was much more mainstream like this is when pokemon started to hit you know kids wb and then cartoon network every night this is like when we had new episodes of shows every single weeknight it was crazy i know it was just like non-stop and like there was like so many different things for you to try and like you were bound to find something that you liked yeah so with pokemon it moved on from the games and stuff like that then i started to find more and more you're going like oh my god there's more of this stuff this is so cool then and early on it was most i was mostly into the shows that always had like tie-ins with like toys and stuff like that because you know these were the shows that were made just to market merch oh yeah they suckered in all of us it yeah. worked so from Pokemon, it go it went on to Yu-Gi-Oh! So I started buying all the cards and everything. Me and friends at school would, like, buy the cards, talk about the show. When we were playing the game itself, we didn't read the rulebook. We just followed how they did it on the show. Because, like, if, it, it, if it's in the show, that's, like, that's how the rules have to work, right? You know, the show wouldn't lie to you. Right, but, like, you didn't care, though. Because, like, you were just playing the cards. You were playing the exact same game they were playing in the show. Mm -hmm. And you could really imagine yourself as, like, one of those characters. Just, like, summoning monsters in your head. Yeah. It was a great game of make-believe for kids out there. Yeah, what made it even better is, like, uh, some, of the, uh, some of me and my friends actually had toy versions of the monsters. So... When we would play the game, if we had, like, a card of one of the toys, we would, like, use the toys as, like, pretending it's the hologram from the show. So it's like, I summon Celtic Guardian and then pull out a Celtic Guardian toy and place it above the card. Oh my god. <laughs> I never thought of that as a kid. Why? I, I was so uncreative like that. As far as uh, more anime, uh, my anime history started going, is I started to discover more of these, like, uh, weekend blocks of, like, running shows, so... I talked about Kids WB with Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh, then it started to turn into Fox Kids with Digimon, and then Digimon started to hit, like, ABC Family for some reason, and then it started to see that more and more there. And then eventually I would discover the Fox Box with a little show called uh, Sonic X, because I'm a big Sonic the Hedgehog fan. Oh my god, you, you you and I both on Sonic X right there. I, I, I watched it straight through, and like, it was, even though it was complete garbage, it was still just like one of those shows that like you got like enraptured with because it was sonic yeah it's just like oh man i played these video games i played sonic adventure on the dreamcast i have played sonic advance on my game boy advance and now to see this in animated form this is great i mean like sure there's downsides of like what's this little wiener kid doing with sonic like why is everything in the human world you know, where's, uh, why isn't this on Mobius or anything like that? It's funny, because he's the kid you're supposed to empathize with as another kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's what kids like. He's like, oh man, I want to watch Sonic, but I really want to see this little numpty here. <laughs> 
mostly for me when it comes to like uh, the Fox box and eventually as it turned into 4Kids TV as uh, 4Kids rebranded it to make it more about themselves. I'm just mostly stuck with Sonic X. Like every morning it's just like, all right, watch Sonic X and then they'll be like coming up next. And I'm just like, nope, nope, I'm done. That's all I need. Then I would start watching more uh, Toonami. Really big into Sailor Moon. Oh yeah, the big one for you. I watched Toonami and it was, I watched it for Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z. But to be honest with you, I was more into Sailor Moon. Like, don't get me wrong, I love me some DBZ, but in those early days of Dragon Ball Z, those pre-Dragon Ball Z Kai days, where everything was just drags on and on and on, like you get 15 minutes of Goku charging or 15 minutes of recap, where it's just like, hurry the fuck up, I just want to see Goku fight Frieza. That one little bit of patience as a kid was enough to like tip the scale for you. If it wasn't on one end... You, you were, like, lost with the Dragon Ball, but if it was just over the end, just by a little bit, like, the patience-like-ometer, you know, you, you'd be sucked in right there. Yeah, and, like, uh, when Dragon Ball Z back in those days wasn't going on forever, I was still really into it, because, like, oh, these, like, cool fights, these, like, big muscle-buff beefcakes here just beating the crap at each other and just screaming all the way through was just enough to get me to go, like, yeah, this is hype. But then I would watch Sailor Moon going, like, you know... I've never actually seen a show where you have, like, this really good cast of, like, girl characters. Because, you know, this was back in those days where me as a little, as a young boy going, like, oh, girls are icky. Like, they're just like, no, nah, they can't be cool. But this is the show that made me think, like, no, they really can. This show is amazing. Who knew girls can be this awesome? Right? It just sucks you in, like, just like that. Yeah, and plus, I really love the episodic feel of it. You know, the whole Monster of the Day. People joke about, like, Monster of the Day being very formulaic. You know, for Sailor Moon, it worked really well. And it was just enough to, like, really get me in because it reminded me of some of the other shows I would be watching at the time, you know, like Batman the Animated Series, that's a very episodic villain of the day show. Like, once you get the format, like, down as, like, a kid, you can, like, switch between both of them pretty easily. It's, like, pretty interchangeable. Yeah. And plus but then the you start to find out the perks of each. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and plus the characters were a lot of fun, too, and it's just, it, I was just hooked in there, and, like, I just kept watching Toonami just for those shows, and then eventually Dragon Ball Z eventually came to an end, and then it, uh, got, uh, we got Dragon Ball GT, and, like, I barely remember watching any of that. That was the end of Dragon Ball for me. As it should be, as it will be from the end of time from this point onwards, there's only Dragon Ball Z, then there was Super. Mm -hmm. There was no in-between. I honestly remember this moment where DBZ was airing on TV on Toonami. Me and my friends at school were all like, ah, oh, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Z, it's so awesome. You see Goku, what he did to Frieza, oh, you see Vegeta do this thing, it was great. And then GT aired and then no one talked about it. No one mentioned it. We were just like, this never happened. It was an unspoken thing and then it was lost to time. Yeah, and then uh, eventually, like, after those shows ended on Toonami, like, I still, I still kind of kept up with Toonami at bit more on like the sideline sort of thing where I would like see the promos and stuff that would air on Cartoon Network during the day and then but not actually watch it because eventually this went into like the mid-aughts and then that's when Toonami started to transition to become more basically the Naruto block and that's what really kind of killed Toonami for me. Right like where they they weren't stocking with enough like good stuff like they were kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel. I mean they had freaking Prince of Tennis on there. Fucking Prince of Tennis. It's like I played tennis from junior high to high school and I and even I wouldn't want to watch a show about tennis. Oh yeah, because like you're gonna get kids sucked in with a sports anime. <laughs> <laughs> Not a good sports anime. That's the big thing. Not even a good one. No, it's like looking at the sports anime we have now, it's, we've come a long way from that. That we have. So th then like after that, I see Toonami like promoting like Naruto this, Naruto that, and it's just, it never really got, got me. Like I've seen a lot of people saying like, oh, that was their big gateway into becoming more into anime fans. But for me, that was kind of more of a stopping point. This does, does not speak to me. I just, just doesn't look cool to me, honestly. No, Naruto did kind of <laughs> suck me in a little 
little bit. <laughs> it did keep me going a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. It, 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 I just lost it when they got sucked into that endless filler arc, and then it was dead to me. Uh, okay. Then I found out what happened with Shibuden later, so it all, like, evened out. Like, mm. whatever. <laughs> so then, at that point, I just started to, like, after Toonami started to, like, become more of the Naruto show, I just really started to fall more and more out of it, and then these uh, Saturday morning blocks, like Kids WB and 4Kids just started to, like, lose me, too. I've seen all these shows, they're just doing reruns now, and I'm just not really interested in all the new stuff, and eventually, anime just started to, like, I just started to, like, drift away from it. Like, occasionally, you know, popping in to see, like, what Pokemon is doing, but even then, I was starting to fall out of that, too. Like with you, it wasn't until about high school where I started to get back into it, and really, for me, getting back into anime was mostly just rediscovering some of the old stuff. Like, I got back into Pokemon because one of my cousins, I was over at their place, and I found, like, a cartridge of uh, Pokemon Diamond, and then I had my DS at the time, so I just started, yeah, this is the new game, I've haven't really played it, but I might as well see what it's all about. And then I'm just like, oh, this is good. And then I saw on TV, he's like, oh yeah, that's right. There's a, the show's still going on and they're in this uh, season where uh, the Diamond and Pearl games are based off of. And I started rewatching that again, thinking like, okay, this is, this is not as bad as I thought it was. So I started to get back into that. Then I started to get more into the internet, specifically YouTube. And then I started rediscovering uh, older shows, though through more unconventional means, which is... Basically, I started watching more of these abridged series, you know, stuff done by Little Karibo and Team Four Star and the Sailor Moon Abridge Gang. Oh, but give them credit, though. They they kept that going a little bit for some anime fans out there. Like, I've heard stories from people where they got, like, reinvigorated back into these old shows because of the abridger community. Yeah. For some people, it's it, it gets them, like, interested back in that old stuff, you know? It helps them to recognize that we can both laugh at those old series, but also kind of be enamored with them a little bit. Yeah, because, like, I watch these abridged series, and I'm thinking like oh they're making jokes that i would make when i was when i was watching this when i was younger so yeah you're getting reinvigorated with your anime you're being you're finding that you like it again and you're also having your comedic influences right like, seeping into your brain yeah you know and like specifically with like sailor moon abridge which in honesty hasn't aged specifically well because i went back and looked at some older episodes and going like yeah this hasn't really aged well and even they would say that like yeah this brand of comedy doesn't like match it with how they would do things today but i still like credit it as like really helping me get back into anime and that's how i started rewatching all the old episodes of sailor moon again specifically the old deke and cloverway dubs you know those are like really really cheesy 90s dubs that are still very kind of endearing oh yeah i'm sure you can name off a few like good lines or gems from that one yeah <laughs> And then, uh, just, uh, again, looking through online, thinking like, oh man, this, uh, anime stuff is pretty good, then. I remember this night specifically, where I started to find something more outside of the mainstream, with, uh, what you brought up earlier, Lucky Star. I remember the exact clip that really got me into Lucky Star. It was a scene from the OVA. If I remember correctly, the OVA is more like, uh, more vignettes and stuff like that. Uh -huh. Not really, like, as formatted as the show. So there was, like, this one whole segment that was just basically, like, one big Cinderella parody, but with, like, Kagami in the Cinderella role, and then Konata is supposed to be her fairy godmother and she's dressed up as uh yuki nagato in her uh witch outfit from melancholy of haruhi suzumiya and then i just started watching that whole entire clip where she turns her into like miku hatsune for some reason and i was just like what is this this looks weird but it's actually kind of cute i want to see more of this and i was like okay lucky star and then i found out oh there's a series of this and i just started watching more and more of that and then you just fell down the slide from there. I fell down the anime rabbit hole from there. So yeah, after I fell down that rabbit hole, I would start watching Lucky Star, you know, going through all the episodes in Japanese. And then I found out, oh wait, there's a dub of this. 
I can then I started watching it again in English, thinking like, oh man, this is really good. This English dubs can be good. This is not like the stuff I used to watch in the 90s. No, it was always the dubs straight up with me. So like, mm-hmm. I wasn't as into like subs at that time. Yeah. Actually, I didn't get into subs until like One Piece when I started re-experiencing those episodes. Actually, my first uh, experience with subs was going back with Sonic X. Because like, I was watching Sonic X and then I found out, oh wait, there's stuff that they cut out of the American version. So I found the sub version going like, oh wow, this is actually much better. Aha, adult jokes, you can't escape from me. <laughs> yeah, and also uh, there was like a really cool moment where they actually played Live and Learn from Sonic Adventure 2 during like the big finale of their Sonic Adventure 2 arc, and I'm just like, oh my god, why did they cut this? This is amazing. Lucky bastard, I never got that. Ah. I missed out on all the good stuff with that series. So then like after really getting into Lucky Star, I just also discovered a little something that, oh, apparently uh, Konita, her actress, was also in another show that they reference a lot in the series, Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya, and then I really started to get into that and that actually turned into like my one really true gateway into the world of anime like oh god i remember you were quite into that like through high school as well i, I remember. was really huge into that because it was nothing like i've ever seen before like wow this is amazing i know and i f- and i feel bad that like all that time ago i was so hard for me to like get into it because it was hard for me to find or something yeah like <laughs> I've, I've even shown you some episodes but the problem was i did buy dvds of haruhi but they were like just random episodes here and there like you know it wasn't like what we'd have today where we have like season box sets and everything this is when bandai entertainment this the old licensor for haruhi oh you were used- holding out on me <laughs> <laughs> this is like when they had like uh these like little dvd sets of like only four episodes and they were like all out of order i would have taken it <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I would show you some of these episodes, and it was just like, you don't know the context of a lot of the stuff, so it was hard for you to get into. Oh, I loved it nonetheless, though. (laughs) Oh, and uh, to add something to my big Haruhi fandom is... (laughs) I actually remembered this, because it was like brought up, because I saw a thing on Twitter where it was just, Hey, uh, retweet this with your uh, nerdiest high school moments, and then like I was just like, oh... I got one good, is that, uh, in, like, you know how, uh, in your senior year of high school, you always have to put, like, a quote for your picture in the yearbook, you know, and then it's, like, immortalized <laughs> in the yearbook forever? I loved this so much when you did this. So, uh, for my senior quote, I chose a line, specifically, from the disappearance of Haruhi Susan Mia movie, where she <laughs> says, uh, you have to believe in a dream if you want to have one in the first place, and that was my senior quote. You big fat nerd. <laughs> I am. Uh, that was. I was showing my weeb card there. You know, and then I, f- I found that yearbook just the other day. Look through it. That quote's there. It says, you know, you have to believe in dream if you want to have one in the first place. Haruhi Suzumiya, among all these other quotes of like people quoting like Michael Jordan, Malcolm X, or <laughs> Coco Chanel. <laughs> I still have my yearbook too, and I can confirm this as well. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not like that. I just quoted something else that was also completely nerdy. I quoted Neil Gaiman. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, for mine, I just like to think that uh, a former classmate of mine just, like, looks back years later, sees my quote and going, like, ah, who is this Haruhi Suzumiya? What kind of philosopher is this person to bring up such a quote that Michael over here (laughs) has to use for his senior yearbook? (laughs) What Nobel Prize winner did he quote here? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like, let me tell you, I quoted something who is basically God. So you know they're amazing. Oh yeah, you quoted a real authority figure. <laughs> <laughs> so it all continued to like uh, snowball from there. Like high school is when you and I became really good friends and started bonding over this stuff. Especially with Lucky Star, because I remember back in those days, 
That was when YouTube had like instant messaging sort of thing. So uh, one day you just messaged me out of the blue saying like, hey, have you checked out this show Lucky Star? And then I was like, dude, I've already been watching the series. This is awesome, isn't it? Right. And we were having like back and forth. Like, trust me, anime is like so much easier to get into and progress towards in if you have a friend to bounce off of. And that's what we had. Yeah. Back in those days, it's like, you know, you and I just knew each other from like high school band class. And then once we started to find out that we both are into the same stuff, the same anime, it was just our friendship just blossomed from there and then eventually uh, led into uh, college for me oh before college one thing that was really the highlight of getting really back into anime was uh, Toonami returning back in 2012 right right like that came along you know and it's like all of a sudden wow things can like be just like how they were again albeit at a very late time at night but you could like you still had something to latch on to though. Yeah, and plus so like you get more variety because back in those days I was just one show at a time, you know, I go from Lucky Star, I go to Haruhi, I go to Azamanga Dayo, but then Tsunami came back, then we were just flushed with a whole vo- variety of stuff, you know, you get your you get stuff that I've never seen before like Dead Man Wonderland, Samurai 7. With Tsunami, that's how I got into uh, Full Metal Alchemist. That was a big classic in like, you know, the early aughts of the Adult Swim days. I was never around for that, but then Tsunami came back and that's how I really got into FMA. And then of course, he still had like some of the the duds during the tsunami years you know oh yeah i remember that quite well you know you got like tenshi muyo gxp oh god not the best property they ever acquired that's for sure no i remember it was they want to show tenshi but like they've shown all the other old stuff and this is the only new one they could license because they were only partnered with funimation at the time whereas now they're partnered with all the big anime distributors you know when that you are desperate for new anime and for more tsunami when you watch tenshi muyo GXP all the way through just to support the channel. Yeah. Oh my god, I don't know if I can do that ever again. No. Between Toonami coming back and between now and went through a bit of a, you know, maturation process where I would start to get more and more refined taste with my anime and that specifically uh, came about when I went to college and joined up with uh, my local college's anime club. Like, I have a funny story about that, how I got asked to join in because it was just one day in class and uh, I had my laptop open because that's how I took notes and then after I, like, closed Microsoft Word I had, like, this big wallpaper of Monica Magica (laughs) and then one of the guys in the back of the class noticed me and it turns out he was actually the president of the anime club at the time and he's like hey i saw your uh Monica wallpaper uh you want to join uh anime brigade here and i was just like what you have an anime club here and he's like yeah dude totally check us out we meet on these nights every thursday night and... I swooped in like a hawk and grabbed you yeah so like i went to the room thursday nights i was a little little nervous like as you know i'm a little nervous when i meet new people but went in it was actually like their second meeting of the semester so uh, they already started going through their shows so i just kind of jumped in and like i met the president there he's like hey just like this is our new member just make sure he's welcome and then like everyone was like all really cool about it and then i just started watching more and more shows from there and that's like basically how it uh, molded my anime viewing how I use it today where I watch like a bunch of shows in bulk throughout like a different season mm, nice nice I had the same experience <laughs> like going through like anime club and then just finding people that loved you unconditionally <laughs> and weren't like super judgmental towards you makes it real easy to get into pretty much anything that they wanted even if the votes during like for what we wanted to watch swung towards mm-hmm. a certain group of people <laughs> inside my club <laughs> 
<laughs> but no, you were still you still appreciated the time you had there. You still appreciated all the people, and they kept you going. Oh yeah, like for me, good times and bad. I always have fond memories of like my anime club, and I had a really cool club. Like even when we have a show that we think is good, but it turns out to be a bit of a dud, we still have fun with it because like we're allowed to you know make comments like MST3K the whole show throughout the entire run, make riffs and make jokes and all that. Oh, the best thing to have for an anime club if they're super cool enough. Granted, mm-hmm. mine was a little bit more like okay, let's maybe quiet down a little bit so we can watch this at times other times if the president was maybe out <laughs> we could do that more often but no that's that's a great way to really like get together and uh, just kind of get a feel for how everybody is and their sense of humor and just make some friends you know similar to like my club is that while we would like have some fun crack some jokes like uh, depending on the show we would like stay quiet and stay focused i remember one show in particular that has grown to become my personal favorite anime of all time through this club this is where i discovered the show steins gate it's become my personal favorite show mostly because not only is the show awesome but through that viewing experience every week thursday nights two episodes a night of steins gate we would watch it and just almost every night like as soon as the series started really ramp up with the story at the end of the viewing we would just all have that collective moment of just like oh why does that have to be the end we we gotta watch more we can't wait a week right right and you just get like sucked in and stuff and yeah like, like we would be on the edge of our seats just like really watching this like going what's gonna happen next and i even remember a really really cool moment where shit hits the fan basically and then that was it for the night as soon as the credits hit we were all like da and what made it even worse is that the following week we would go on spring break so we had to wait two weeks to find out what happens next and then as soon as we came back we were just let's just get right into it so we can get to steins gate Oh, when you get that big juicy one in Anime Club that gets everyone going forward and like make, playing guessing games with each other, that's where it always got most fun. Now, my main, my claim to fame for mine was that I got everybody into Tiger and Bunny. Ah, very good. <laughs> I would bring the DVDs in and we would all just get sucked in by the humor, the action, the animation. God, I loved that so much, and I felt like, it made you feel like a big man to get everybody, like, all into that, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. everybody was kind of relying on you to bring in the DVD each week to kind of show everybody. But God, I had such enjoyable times watching that with everybody, seeing everybody just enjoy it as much as you did, you know? And I think we watched it all the way through, too, so even better. I felt even prouder, you know? I felt even happier, you know, to be among all those people. Uh, I have a similar experience with that is that I introduced my anime club to Madoka Magica. Ooh, very good one. Yeah, so I was uh, responsible for bringing in the DVDs each and every week. You know, the way we do that with certain shows, depending on how long they are, we would go two episodes a week or uh, three episodes a week if they're very long ones, just so we can have them done by the end of the semester. But, you know, since Madoka is only like 12 episodes long, we would only do one episode a week, and it was just like, it was even the same semester where we were watching Steins Gate so it was just like ah you have like that one two punch of like both these shows right it was really palatable for everybody to just get into yeah and I was responsible for bringing in Madoka so it made me feel really good that everyone was getting really into it like since leaving that college I really miss that anime club but since you know they go to anime detour every year like we do I get to see like some of them every now and then just like bump into them in the hallways and like have brief moments to reconnect Oh yeah, I always try to keep it in contact with my anime club members. Maybe not as much as I should, but I still try to, like, every now and then, you know? I treat it the same as I do with maybe, like, how you would with uh, an old roommate from college or something. I'll try to reconnect with them every now and then. I will definitely try to invite them over to my Christmas party every year. (laughs) (laughs) 
But uh, those are those are the bonds you really want to keep going for a long time. Yeah, so after leaving college, it's just, uh, you know, my whole anime uh, viewing experience started to change a bit where I just like, I want to start watching more and more at once. And then eventually this would lead into, I want to say about late 2014, I want to say. So around that fall winter area, I started to uh, become a member of uh, Funimation.com because they have a big streaming service where they would simulcast shows. And this was around the time where they had this big simul dub initiative where they would not only simulcast the shows in Japanese with subtitles, but they would also dub them at the same time because this was the following year after they did the whole same thing with Space Dandy. And then we come to the natural progression point for many anime fans where, next thing you know, now you're going to the sites that are providing you with the dubs, such as Funimation or Crunchyroll or wherever, and now you're actually paying them money on a monthly basis, most likely because you now have a job and can provide for that. Right. And then, you know, you just get the ball rolling. Next thing you know, you can, like, binge-watch anime. It's like a whole new world. And then, of course, uh, conventions are, like, also a big experience. It's my whole oh, anime history. yes, true. Like, those those will get you so riled up for, like, all the new things that are coming up and introduce you to new people. Yeah, because I, I remember my very first convention, you and I, we went to uh, Anime Minneapolis uh, back in 2012. Like, I remember specifically, we were you originally wanted both of us to go to uh, anime detour but uh you mistimed the whole uh registration process so you kind of felt bad about that so oh yeah so we got in just in time for uh, the second year of anime minneapolis and they had a really good lineup for that one in the now uh demolished ramada Inn yeah <laughs> near the mall of america <laughs> And that was a big one, too, because they had, like, Vic Mignogna, they had Sonny Strait, they had Quentin Flynn, they had, like, quite a few big namers there. Yeah, and it was only their second year, right? Yeah, only their second year, and yet they pulled out the stops for all those people. They never got Vic Mignogna again or Sonny Strait again, so maybe they... No, no, they... no, they got Sonny Strait back a few times. Okay, okay, I stand corrected. But I know for a fact they did not give Vic Mignogna back, so maybe they did blow their load a little bit there, but... <laughs> I know they didn't uh, blow their load on any air conditioners for that convention. Oh, no, God, that was miserable. Hottest convention we have ever been to. Also, that was like a really, really hot summer that year. 90 degrees summer. So just imagine being in this giant, like, ring of a hotel in very, like, narrow hallways, mm -hmm. standing in line, like, in this massive line, or trying to even maneuver through the hallways. The whole place smelling of B.O. and deodorant <laughs> in a battle to the death with each other, mm -hmm. and trying desperately to find any place or any area that was selling the free NOS bottles they were <laughs> giving out during the convention. I forgot about how they had a big cross-promotion with NOS. <laughs> they had NOS everywhere, <laughs> and I'm surprised we did not take any of it. No, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't even come back, because like, we went to Anna Minneapolis the following year, and like there was nothing like that. Yeah, like, they just kind of, like, dropped it or something. Mm -hmm. Then again, they weren't in the Ramada anymore, so. No, that's when they moved to the uh, same hotel as uh, what Detour did for most of their uh, lifespan. Right, right. But I still have fond memories of that very first Anna Minneapolis, though, because we were wide-eyed whippersnappers. Yeah, it's like, you, you never forget your first convention. No, even, you never do. Even if it's, like, looking back on it, you know, hindsight being 2020 and all that, in all honesty, compared to, like, future convention experiences, this wasn't technically the best. I still have fond memories of this. Also, this was the exact convention where we met some of the people who become good friends of ours for, like, the following years later. Right, people like Madness Mark and Tone Dog and Fight Bait. Yeah, just, like, guys who were just, like, really cool, just 
become friends with. Actually, like, I've shared hotel rooms with uh, Tone Dog and Fight Bait for Anime Detour. Granted, it took us some years to muster up the courage to try to connect with them, but... All things come around in the end. Right. And then eventually that just brings us to today and like what we're doing right now with this podcast you're listening to. So right now we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about this podcast and what we're all about. Wrestling fans, are you ready? Because your favorite idols from the fastest rising Japanese wrestling brand is making its way to the US for the first time ever. The world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden, plays host to Love Live Takeover New York. Featuring such matches as a triple threat tag team match, it's Reen Hoshizora and Nozomi Tojo of Lily White versus Maki Nishikino and Niko Yazawa of the BB Club versus Ruby Kurosawa and Hanamaru Kunikita. Next, the Love Live Tag Team Championships are on the line as Honoka Kosaka and Katori Minami of Printump take on the reigning champs Anju Yuki and Erna Toto. Then, the Intercontinental Cup Tournament makes its way to the NYC with two semi-final matchups. The leaders of Lily White and the BD Club clash as Umi Sonata takes on the phenomenal idol Ellie Ayase, followed up by Daya Kurosawa facing off against tournament underdog Riko Sakurauchi. The winners of these matches will compete later in the night to crown the inaugural Love Live Intercontinental Champion. And in the main event, after having the dream of winning the Love Live Championship at Idolmania crushed right before her eyes, Haneo Koizumi challenges the idol responsible, Tsubasa Kira, for that very title. It's Haneo versus Tsubasa for the Love Live Championship. Will this Cinderella story end in triumph or heartbreak? All this and much more as Love Live Wrestling takes over Madison Square Garden. Tickets are available, contact your local ticket provider. And as always, you can stream live on the Love Live Wrestling Network. The first month is free for new subscribers. We are Love Live Wrestling. we're back so in this second half we're going to talk about what is anime baby so uh this idea for this whole podcast came about because over this past summer i was pretty much let go from my job for uh, financial reasons basically don't want to get too much into it but job couldn't keep me on because they want to save money blah 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 so i pretty much had most of the summer off trying to look for a new job and uh, i usually spent most of my days i just got into this habit of listening to podcasts early in the morning 
So I started listening to more and more of those, and I just always thought, like, man, this idea of a podcast just seems really fun. It would just be a lot of fun to do something like this, because for a year, like, uh, like we mentioned earlier, we go to Anime Detour, and within the past few years or so, we started doing panels there, and those are a lot of fun, but those are only, like, one hour, and it's just only for that weekend. You know, I want to talk more about the stuff I like on a more regular basis. That's how I really kind of started to get the idea of starting up a podcast like that. So I remember specifically just one night, you and I were just hanging out. We may have uh, cracked open a few beers or so. And this is after I started thinking about like, oh, this would be a good idea to do a podcast. And then I pitched the idea to you saying like, hey, do you want to do a podcast with me where we just talk about (laughs) anime? You found me in my moment of weakness (laughs) when I was deep in my cups. (laughs) And you pitched your podcast idea to me, Mm -hmm. and I verily said yes. But rest assured, my thought in my head afterwards was, hell yeah. I was totally down for it. I'd like to discuss some of my, like, uh, big podcasting influences since I've like listened to a lot of podcasts this past summer and not just this past summer but for like the past several years or so like since college I always like turned to podcasts as just something to like really pass the time to but also like really get information on like a lot of the stuff I like yeah exactly we might we might as well be upfront with everybody here while we're at it yeah funny enough some of my big podcast influences like the people who really inspired me to like really want to start a podcast in the first place aren't really anime related I will say I was partially influenced by a lot of my friends and a lot of people I know who have podcasts of their own, and I was just always like, man, I want to do what they do. They seem to have a lot of fun. But as far as, like, major influences go, they're not really anime-related. To be honest with you, I'm going to be upfront with you, I I don't listen to a lot of the big mainstream anime podcasts, you know, like Anime World Order or Anime News Network podcasts. I just... I can't be bothered. Right, right. Or rather, you're just thinking like, oh, why bother with the competition? Am I right? The future <laughs> yeah. competition. Though, to be honest, I kind of started recently listening to uh, Anime Nostalgia Podcast because I got into it with like an episode where they talked about that whole, you remember that whole meme going along with like, Miami Mike, I know what you did last summer. Oh my God, yes. That famous story. <laughs> yeah, I, I won't spoil it for those who listen to it, but uh, give it a listen to. It's very fascinating. Oh my god, just one more on my list. But uh, some of my major influences with podcasts are specifically, uh, I got a couple of wrestling podcasts that really influenced me, specifically OSW Review and the Attitude Era podcast. I just really love their style, the way they go about reviewing these wrestling shows, and uh, you're going to see that a lot in our episodes, because I kind of do a bit of a similar format where we cover stuff from beginning to end as we add our commentary throughout the entire uh, episode. Right, so remember, listeners, if at any point we drop a really esoteric wrestling reference, just remember it comes from a very genuine place. Yes, and some other influences are a couple of animation podcasts. So while I don't listen to very much anime podcasts, I listen to a lot of animation-based podcasts in general, and those are uh, from the guys uh, who do Talking Simpsons and What a Cartoon Podcast. Like, Talking Simpsons is just, like, a couple of guys and occasionally some guests every now and then talk about specifically a single episode of The Simpsons, and they just, like, really go into detail discussing, like, every single aspect of just one episode, and they manage to get, like, really in-depth episodes out of it. Talk so vividly about, like, all these people, we might as well have, like, a dedicated section or something (laughs) to all of our influences. So those are, like, a lot of main influences, and if you do listen to those podcasts, you can kind of see how they've pretty much influenced our style. And to go into that format, this is going to be a monthly podcast, so each month we'll have a new episode based around a single anime, and the way we're going to do it is we're going to talk about it from beginning to end, summarize the whole thing, but as we're going through it, we're going to discuss aspects of the show in a very like a documentary style. 
Many of these shows are also very long, so please respect us if we keep to the monthly schedule here as well. Yeah, I, I feel that's a very good thing for us, especially if we're just starting out, because I know a lot of people do the weekly podcast, I'm just... How do you have the time? Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big factor. Let's be honest. Pretty much. Pretty much. No, we have we have these we have these other things though that uh, I know not everybody has these days online. We have uh, lives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we will still try to keep the content to every month as best we can, and we will uh, try not to let anybody down. Also, we're primarily going to be referring to the English dub of the shows we'll be covering. The reason for this is because I plan on occasionally splicing in some clips from the shows to show off how good the performances are, or if a scene is just so powerful it would be better if you just hear it for yourself. So the only way to really do this is if we talk about the dub. Also, I just prefer to watch an anime dubbed if given the option. Because hey, newsflash, dubs are good. If you think otherwise, you're just being mean. And uh, oh, another thing I really want to mention, since this is kind of a, I guess, a sort of elephant in the room, the title, Anime Bebe, where it came from. Well, as I mentioned, I'm a wrestling fan, so one night when I was just like spitballing anime podcast titles, I was just, I just really hit a wall. I'm just like, ah, what would be a good title? And at the same time, I was watching uh, NXT on the WWE Network, and one of my favorite wrestlers, who I've been a fan of since like his days on the independent circuit all the way up to WWE, is a guy by the name of uh, Adam Cole. He has this catchphrase where like he would get in the middle ring you know bend over and then raise his arms in the air and shout adam cole baby and i just love it so much i just mark out every right, time it just like coach you in right away and then you just realized oh my god if he just replaced that name with anime it'd be perfect yeah because like if you look at my twitter you'll notice that like i've added the words baby a lot to my vocabulary and you can like credit adam cole for that because i think he's the best and i just think it's re- it's just really cool to see Baby! <laughs> As opposed to the snarkiness I've added to my Twitter comments. <laughs> then again, I guess you can't really insert that into a title. But no. So, anime baby it is. Yeah, and plus, like, come on, it's like, it just, it's straight to the point, tells you what it is, and it rhymes. I mean, you're not, I mean, are you really all going to be here for, like, regular old American cartoons, or Canadian mm. cartoons, or wrestling cartoons? No, 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 you're going to be here for anime. What kind of anime? Anime, baby! Just about any kind of anime out there that interests us. Like, I've shown you a potential list of episodes we may want to do in the future, and it's, it's mostly stuff I like, because, and that's another thing with this podcast I really want to do. I don't want to get too overly negative with, like, a lot of the shows we watch. Don't get me wrong, there'll be some shows here and there that'll be, there'll be mostly shows that we're not too keen on, to say the least, but for the most part, I really want to keep things mostly positive, just talking about the stuff we like, because... I feel that's a lot more fun than just being, like, overly negative and just bitching all the time. And just remember, folks, if at any point you feel like sending us any information about any animes that you like, and we don't end up getting to that in an episode, just remember, it's not anything personal. We do listen to everybody, but we do have our own little set schedule here. We have our own things that we're going to talk about here. So just remember, it's not personal. We're just going to keep things going on a uh, pretty steady schedule according to the favorite things that we would love to talk about, rave about, and bitch about. And also most of the shows that I really want to talk about on this podcast are stuff that you personally haven't seen, but I have. And I, I can use this podcast as an excuse to like get you to watch these shows that I've been raving about for quite a while now. Oh, don't worry. Like I got a few maybe I could suggest too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know I saw one in there for, that I've suggested before that in that list you showed me. Oh, yes, definitely. With all that said, uh, what is going to be our first proper episode? Well, oh, here's please make it a juicy one. All right. Drum roll, please. Our first proper episode of Anime Bebe is... 
this place. Ugh. What a dump. They say nothing amazing ever happens here, which is kind of true. I mean, look at her. Look at him. Look at all of them. They don't know what they have inside of them. Pretending you can't hear. That's like your thing, am I right? They're just sleepwalking through life. Wondering when something amazing is gonna happen. That's where I come in. Cause they don't know it yet? But these kids are the key. And I'm gonna show them how to unlock some doors. Whether they like it or not. What the heck is that thing? I have no idea! I was just walking home and then it came out of nowhere! We might all get killed. Everybody will die. Get ready, world. Here I come. It takes an idiot to do cool things. And that's why it's cool. That's right, folks, our first proper episode is not going to be one season, but two seasons of the new Fooly Cooly series, Fooly Cooly Progressive and Fooly Cooly Alternative. Oh, we are going to spoil you folks so well, the return of Fooly Cooly, man. Yeah, because, like, you know, I thought, let's start this one off with a bang, so we're going to give you one series, but we'll give you two, so, you know, double your pleasure, double your fun. Right, and why not the return of a classic anime that is already getting people divisive online? <laughs> <laughs> one that I actually, like, without going too much into because I want to save it for the episode, one that I've been very much enjoying. Oh yes, I've been quite enjoying it as well. Though I may have a few hooks here and there as far as opinions go. But uh, yeah, I just like really want to start this off on a high note because to let you in on a little behind the scenes stuff, I had an idea for another premiere episode, but that one is also a currently airing series and that won't be done until January without giving too much away. Let's just say my thoughts on the show are not all that positive and I was just thinking like you know let's not start this off with us being like negative on a show let's start this off with something fun rest assured though that episode is coming up and whoo boy is it gonna come with some bitching yeah if you want to do a little detective work about there just check my twitter and you can kind of get an idea of what show I might be talking about just look for the one that he gives the most shit about just look for the ones that are tagged with gifts of former pro wrestler and current MMA fighter CM Punk they're not hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> and with that said, thank you for listening to this introductory episode. I've been your host, Mikey, and you can find me on my social medias at Mikey Shioda on Twitter, MikeyShioda.tumblr.com, and where can we find you, Ryan? You can find me at WolfishGrin on Twitter, and also WolfishGrin again, except spelled differently on Tumblr. And follow the show's Twitter at anime underscore baby. That's anime underscore B-A-Y B-A-Y for updates on any and all future episodes and whatever I feel like posting. You know where to find us. And we also have a Gmail, animebebepod at gmail.com. 
I'll just like leave it there in case you want to give us questions, comments, concerns on our episodes, and maybe suggestions for what you want to see in the future. Or if you want to get a little bit more direct with us. Yeah. Thanks again for listening. We hope you join us again for Fooly Cooly next month. And this has been Anime, Anime Baby! Baby. Yeah.